Hey, this is Keith. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm going to get into some politics, and I really want to make this as palatable and interesting as possible to people that might not really care about politics. You know, everything can become jargon and a little nerdy, and I actually also am put off by that kind of stuff. Like, I don't read Politico dot com or watch CNN or anything like that because I think that politics can become really stale when it gets into the weeds but I really do care about how to think about things and I especially think that about politics it does become this kind of annoying conversation a lot of times which is why I want to unpack it on my own in this podcast format And I'm going to do that with the help of an online quiz. This is a website called isidewith.com. And I found this because I was looking at a presidential candidate called Andrew Yang. He's running as a Democrat, and he's not going to win. He's one of these kind of obscure candidates, but I love him. And I found this through somebody talking about him. And I guess I'm hoping that this quiz confirms that he is who I should vote for because this is framed as a voter guide. It says, answer the following questions to see who you should vote for in the 2020 presidential election. But, you know, I don't think that we should take that so seriously. I think Europeans and East Asians can also take this quiz. Anyone can take it. I think that as an American, I guess it's helpful, but this can be taken by everybody. So I want to take this out loud and talk through my way of thinking, and I hope it's not too boring. I'm a little concerned about it being boring because this first section is one of the drier sections. I think it should just start with social issues, which is the second section. Instead, it starts with national security issues, and it doesn't even ask interesting questions in this one. There's only two questions, but I still hope to make it interesting and to kind of highlight my way of thinking about these topics. To give you a preview of what's to come, this quiz is long. I'm going to break it down into several episodes. This one will just be on national security, and so it'll be a short podcast episode. But then we'll do social issues, which is a big one, the environment, the economy, domestic policy, healthcare, education, foreign policy, crime, electoral reform, transportation, immigration, and science. All of those sound good to me. I'm, I'm excited to get into them. I don't know if they're broken down that well. I don't think transportation needs to be its own category, for instance. I think a lot of this can be wrapped up into domestic or foreign policy. Um, but anyway, I want to get you excited about thinking of these topics, even if you don't think they concern you. For instance, national security, it's kind of one of these things like maybe you don't care who your country is, you know, fighting with or how many immigrants are let in per thousand or whatever. Um, But you would care if, you know, some person in uniform was knocking on your door asking you about your online activity. And that could happen. And that would be an issue of national security. It's happened in the past, and it's scary, and it sucks. So I'm looking at it from this kind of broad point of view, national security. National meaning people, like a group of people. 
persons who share a cultural background, a certain heritage. That's what a nation is. Security, it's the opposite of insecurity. We've all felt insecure. To feel secure is to feel comfortable in your body, to feel safe, to feel good. So national security is just the aim of a group of people feeling good. And there's nothing wrong with that. As a lifelong liberal who values new experiences and challenges and daring adventure and excitement, I have never really cared about security. In fact, I've often scoffed at the idea of security. For instance, the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration. These are the guys that, you know, waste your time at the airport. These are the cues of people going through metal detectors or more invasively, those body scanners, the people that make you take off your shoes and your belt and take your laptop out, the people that throw away your sunscreen because it's in too big of a bottle and pour out your water and all this like what a waste of time you know, and if somebody had no money to and blow up uh, for what for this illusion of security that. it's security theater you know, by attacking an airport without going through that security those kind of attacks are actually prevented more so by higher levels of security, like by the National Security Administration. That authority actually does do some actual intelligence work, some um, you know, background checks, no-fly lists, and tracks the whereabouts of known suspected terrorists. I also just don't like it on the level of personal space and being invaded. On what grounds, you know, like, I see it as a liberty issue that I want the freedom to walk freely to my gate. In terms of an airport, you can secure that the same way we do with train stations and other things without this huge hassle. So the TSA is like this kind of example. So I think about security in real that disrespect way. for but the fame of authority and protection. I have an appreciation for conservative-minded people who might really value security and rules and uh, a procedural way of doing things to ensure the safety of everybody. I can value their perspective a little. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. I don't agree with them. I don't like that they are so concerned and seemingly insecure so as to need that level of security. But I can appreciate that they exist and that a lot of people think that way, and I'm just not one of them. And I think that's what it means to cooperate and uh, collaborate with the other side of the aisle. And that's what I aim to do when I'm thinking civically. I think that's what it means to be a citizen and to be politically minded. So let's get into this. There's only these two questions, and they're really random. They're not at all related to what I've just talked about, actually. But I want to expound on them a little bit. Question one of the isidewith.com presidential quiz. Should the president be able to authorize military force against al-Qaeda without congressional approval? God, what a boring question. My answer is no. 
Congress should approve all military conflicts. And that's what I'm ticking. There's a yes and a no option. And then there's an option to see other stances. And one of the other stances is that elaboration. On the converse, another option is yes, we must use whatever means necessary to prevent another terrorist attack. Like I said, I can appreciate that some people think that way. You know, I mean, terrorist attacks suck and they happen. And we have intelligence as to how and why and where they happen. And it does stand to reason that if a president can quickly strike tomorrow some foreign place where Al-Qaeda is based in order to prevent an attack, maybe, maybe that should be happening. I mean, I can see that line of reasoning. It makes sense. But I disagree with the methodology. I think that it's really important for the sake of the USA in this case specifically to honor the fundamental principles from the founding fathers of checks and balances. We don't want a dictator. We don't want a king. America stands for, um, well, it's a republic, and it stands for a certain democratic process, and Congress represents that democratic process. Yes, we vote for a president, but as we all know, it's a very divisive 50-50 kind of vote where just barely a majority votes for the president. In fact, a minority <laughs> in the case of Trump. Um, or was that, am I getting confused? I know that the popular vote has not always won. And yeah, I think that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but lost the electoral vote. Anyway, I don't believe that the president should have so much power so as to engage in acts of war on his own accord. I think it's important to get approval from Congress. So that's all I'm saying with my answer here. I do not like Al-Qaeda. That should go without saying, I guess. But I really don't like them. Like I would say, for instance, that maybe I care about that issue more than the average person. Religious extremism, jihad, and the danger of ideology. That's a thing that I care about and I'm concerned with. So I can appreciate, you know, a more conservative-minded person in the U.S. wanting a strong leader to authorize military strikes against this bad group. It makes sense to me. Nonetheless, my answer is no. And... In the similar vein, this next question is really related to that. Should the U.S. assassinate suspected terrorists in foreign countries? It's kind of the same thing of like, how far do we step? Like, what's out of bounds? And I think it's helpful to like recontextualize it. Like, what if it was another country? Like, what if this question read, should Russia assassinate suspected terrorists in foreign countries? That would mean that Putin could have you killed for your anti-Russian activity on Facebook, for instance. I mean, that's not cool, right? There's a, like there's three parts to this question. Should the US assassinate? That already makes me think about like the death penalty and the idea of state-sponsored killing. Suspected terrorists, not even confirmed terrorists, right? In foreign countries, so like 
out of our jurisdiction technically as a sovereign state. This should really be a United Nations issue. I believe in a world government, ultimately, and I think that this question falls under that. Some things require global attention with the input and collaboration of many global governments, a United Nations, a League of Nations. That's who should be handling so international no again. issues. The U.S. should not, not a sovereign state terrorists in like foreign countries. America. And my reasoning for that is essentially that it's out of bounds and it's not the way that I want my government to conduct itself regardless of who the perpetrator is. So let me use a real world example. Osama bin Laden was a suspected terrorist, very suspected, probably the mastermind of 9-11 and the leader of Al-Qaeda. President Obama assassinated him. The U.S. government assassinated him while he was in Pakistan. And this was considered this big slam dunk, especially on George Bush, who failed to do so. And a victory lap of Obama flexing his military muscle and proving to be this cool, strong leader. And I like Obama, and I was happy for him to, you know, to have that news cycle. But I really disliked the way he did that, because even though I, I guess I can use the word hate for Osama bin Laden or what he stands for, I, I don't like this way of going about that. I've been watching a lot of Wild West Western stuff lately, like the HBO series Deadwood. And I'm thinking about it now in terms of this question because that show, for instance, is all about the frontier of society and um, governments in formation and this kind of interstice of, let's call it tribal forms of justice, like vigilante justice and codes of honor and shootouts versus proper due process in a court of law. We want due process. It's a vital, vital issue to maintain. And it should apply to everybody. You know, stepping out of due process for something like vigilante justice or the court of public opinion or, you know, just assuming, presuming guilt based on accusations or allegations without proper research for the truth. You never know when tyranny will strike and against whom. And we must beware of that. And we should give our sense of justice even to our most despicable perpetrators. I know that's easier said than done, especially in the heights of passion and it's very easy to let our emotions take over. But this is what I'm taking this quiz for. This isn't an emotional response quiz. This is thinking out So to me, that's what this question is about. For how uh, the U.S. should not assassinate suspected terrorists in foreign countries. So I'm going to tick this option that says, 
No, they should be captured and given a fair trial. That's what I would have liked to have seen happen with Osama bin Laden. I would have liked to have seen him brought to American soil, I guess, though that seems like extradition laws or something. I would like to have actually seen him taken in for war crimes by the UN. That's really what should have happened. If not war crimes, some sort of international law violation. That's, I think, the proper due process. I think he should have been uh, questioned either in court or somehow. You know, another option here is no, capture, interrogate, and imprison them instead, which is a little more like hard-nosed, a little more um, strong-fisted. Um, and I'm not totally up against that either, actually. It's still better than what happened, which was SEAL Team 6 invaded his compound in Pakistan, and they shot him and dropped his body in the sea. I mean, come on. You know, this is like, I don't know, that seems like some Tom Cruise movie. I don't like it. I don't like how it was handled. I think it was a wrong flex by the U.S. And I'm not impressed by that. Those are the only two questions here in national security, which is really weird. There's nothing about North Korea. There's nothing about nuclear arms. There's nothing about military spending. There's nothing about borders and border control. There's nothing about diplomatic policy. So I'm, I'm quite unimpressed, I side with .com, by how you've started this quiz. I think I will just meander, let my thoughts meander here on this concept a little further with national security. I think it's important to have a secure nation, and I respect nations that do that. I can respect even, you know, there's a lot of modern examples here. There's like, whew, these are all quite tricky, and I don't want to go too deep into anything um, on this topic and get off topic a bit. But, you know, look at something like the the rise of far-right politicians in Eastern and Southern Europe. They are national security-minded. They're trying to protect their populace. They're trying to define their populace. Uh, they're trying to know, you know, they're trying to prioritize the citizens that live there. And I can appreciate that. I don't like jingoism. I don't even like nationalism, really. I think that nationalism has become this bad word. Uh, it's like associated with white nationalism and racism. And I guess I just have sympathy for people that in group, we all in group, we all have a group that we feel like we belong to. And we all have some aversion to an out group. I don't care who you are. I mean, you know, I hear far leftists clamoring that, you know, for instance, Donald Trump is a racist because of ICE and deporting illegal immigrants and no illegal immigrant is inhuman. But Donald Trump, you're inhuman. You're subhuman. You're a monster. Like, you are outgrouping and demonizing. That's exactly what you're accusing Trump of doing. And you're doing it. You know, like, I find this hypocritical and ridiculous. Like, everybody wants an in-group. We all feel a sense of belonging, whether you're part of a book club or part of a nation. You know, it's all a sense of in-group belonging. And I, as a traveler, I respect that, you know? If I go to Japan, I'm not Japanese, and I can respect that they are, and they have a culture, a very rich culture, and heritage that they belong to. And 
Japan is accused of being racist because they don't want to be like Europe and let in a bunch of outsiders. But I have to say, I can respect that because they have a value system in place. It's not hatred. It's not, it's not demonization of the other per se. I mean, when it is that, that's bad. But the fundamental idea here is to secure your nation. And that's not wrong, fundamentally. You can do it wrong. And that's what I've said in this quiz. There are ways of doing that wrong. And I think it oversteps the bounds. But this is what it's about. It's about thinking clearly to really dissect and understand what the issues are and to understand the other people's point of view you know like your neighbor or your uncle might feel less secure than you and might want more security in place and it's fair enough to concede that to your neighbor um, when it makes sense our questions should be does it make sense that should be the question All right, so I think I can leave it there. There are still other issues of national security that we have not touched at all, like Iran and the US possible war with Iran and cyber attacks and biological warfare and how to protect that. Not to mention like the accidental self-bombing through military silos that store nuclear arms you know, or even Trump's supposed Muslim ban where he's made a list of countries that aren't allowed into the US. I would love to touch all these, but I think I'll save them and just tease them here with this sense that while I still, for instance, just as a quick example, I'm against Trump's Muslim ban for technical reasons and ideological reasons. But I don't think it's entirely off base. I think that it has a seed of good intention that is blundered and mangled in its execution. But I can appreciate that groups want to protect themselves from suspected threats, generally speaking. And I think that's enough to try and seed into our minds that just maybe it's okay to be a little worried about some things and to think about doing something. In my opinion, banning a list of countries from entering your country is not a good answer. And obviously something like genocide is a terrible answer to uh, a certain supposed threat. But while I'm not at all conservative on this topic, I can listen to a conservative without calling them a racist and presume the worst. And I think it's important that we do that when we talk about complex issues because things are complex. Nothing is so simple as open borders or you're a racist, you know? Nothing is so simple as go and kill them all or you hate your country. You know, that's also ridiculous sounding, as I'm sure you'll agree. 
So this has been national security issues, or at least some national security issues of our time. And I'll leave it there. Next time we'll get into some other issues. So until then guys, ciao.